This is Pastor Chadwick King. I hope you enjoy the ministry of God's Holy Word today provided by the Promise Center Media Ministry. Please share this lesson or sermon with your friends and family. And may the Lord bless you. Amen, amen. Is anybody having a good time tonight? Yeah. Amen. So good to be here. I, I look forward to the, the move of God that we feel on Wednesday nights, like last week and the week before. It's just it's been so amazing and so powerful, and um, it's, it's, it's like a recharge in, in the middle of the week uh, to be able to make it uh, through to the weekend, amen, and, and uh, I, just, I always look forward to coming because I know God's always going to move and do something great, and uh, man, did anybody enjoy Sunday's message, the, the beginning of the series? It was, it was so good. I had, I had a family even come in from out of town. My my nephew is, a, is a, like a diehard Star Wars fan, and when we told him that there's going to be a stormtrooper, he was, he was so excited that he actually wrote a letter to the stormtrooper to give to him, and uh, he, he just, he loved it. I, we had the stormtrooper, I went and told him, and he actually met him out in the parking lot, and, and it was amazing. He just, he had, a, he had a really great time, and so we're praying that they, uh, they continue to come back for the rest of this series and, and even after that, but uh, it's been amazing. I, um, I'm going to do something a little bit different tonight. Um, I, I have no notes, and uh, usually I have notes, so I, um, I have no notes, not because I got lazy and I didn't want to write out a sermon, um, but, but I really just want to, I want to visit something that uh, I felt God gave me a number of years back, and I tend to revisit it a lot. It's a scripture, and it's a message that he's given me, and I just really just want to talk to you for a few minutes out of my heart, if that's okay. Um, you know, sometimes it's, 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 I get worried because I'm like, man, I, I need to have it all down and I have to have this. And, and it was the famous preacher, Charles Spurgeon, who said, uh, eloquence is actually speaking from the heart. And so uh, if I can just talk to you from my heart tonight and, and hopefully bless someone here tonight, then uh, I will have accomplished what I feel God has called me to do. Is that okay? So I want to I wanna go to the book of Matthew, chapter uh, 7. And... Um, Maybe you've heard this before. If you've been here for a while, I've touched on it a few times. My wife has probably heard this message like 1,500 times uh, in some form or fashion. And, uh, but she amends it every single time, so praise God for that. But um, it's, it's, it's just something that I felt God gave me a number of years ago, and I, I tend to revisit it uh, every once in a while to give me some perspective in life. And it says this. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. It says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. And so I just want to... <laughs> Without fail... Every single time. The Lord loves me, but our mics hate me. I'm not even holding it from the bottom, so I don't even know. Every, every time a, a guest preacher comes, we say, don't hold it down here because it'll cut out and make noise. I'm not. It's all the way up here. Well, we'll just have to do what we can do. Let me get back into my sermon now. Um, so I just, I just want to talk tonight. If we could just pray real quick and hope that that doesn't happen again. And uh, just, just pray with me, and we'll see what God has for us tonight. Father, we love you tonight, and we thank you. Uh, I know you're in this place, God. I can feel your presence. And I know you've sent me here tonight with a, a message, a word, Lord, and a mission. And I pray that uh, we would walk out of here differently than how we walked in, Lord. 
that whoever this message is for besides me, God, that they would receive it, that a seed would be planted in, in, in many hearts tonight, Lord, that, that some would come to know you and that some would come back to you, Lord, tonight. And I just, I, I ask that you be glorified above all things, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, I, I, again, I, I tend to revisit these scriptures a lot and this message a lot because it's, it's something that God gave me a long time ago. And, and just to give you some context, this is the, the famous Sermon on the Mount by Jesus. This is at the very end. It's Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And he's just about to finish his sermon. He's just about to close it out and talk about the man who built his house upon the rock. Those are the next scriptures. But before that, he actually goes into this. And, and, and he, he gets real kind of hard, uh, if you can say it, and he's, he's talking uh, in many ways about hypocrisy, he's talking about real and, and false disciples, and before that, real and false prophets, and all this stuff that he's talking about, and, and as I've read this over the years, God has just put it in my heart to, to come back to it every so often, to make sure that my priorities are right to make sure that I have the right perspective in life, that I'm not just going through the motions of being a Christian or doing the church thing or doing the Jesus thing, that I come back to it and remember the decision that I made when I was actually 14 years old when I said, I, I have decided to follow Jesus. So to revisit that every once in a while and say, you know what, have I strayed from that original mission? Have I strayed from 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 what I originally intended to do in following Jesus, or am I just a church person? Am I just doing what I think is right, or, or doing what a pastor has to do, or, or doing what somebody who works for the church has to do? Am I, am I doing just that? And, and a lot of times my attitude will show that to me, and a lot of times my prayer life will show that to me, and, and all that stuff. And so I've gone back to these verses, and, and if you could put it up one more time, I just want to go through it. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, wants the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And he says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons in your name perform many miracles? So they're, they're trying to validate themselves, whoever he's talking about. They're trying to validate themselves before God through their actions. They're trying to validate themselves before God through their ministry and through their titles and through their earthly accomplishments that they have supposedly done through God. Right? They're trying to validate themselves and say, you know what, man, I, I went to church every single Sunday. I was a tither. I served on the volunteer team. I did all this stuff. I even, I even performed miracles in your name. God, you even used me to heal people and to drive out demons. This is my validation. I play the drums for the church. I'm on the prayer team for the church. I serve on this team and that team, and, and I, I, I play the guitar. That is my validation. And he says, I will say to them on that day, I never knew you. And then you go back to like the Old Testament, and you go back to the prophets where, where he tells the prophet, I think it's Jeremiah, where he says, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. And you're like, well, if he knew me before I was in my mother's womb, why wouldn't he know me on the last day? I don't, I don't understand that. And the word in, in Matthew chapter 7, if you look it into the Greek and all that, that word knew, that word know, is an intimate, deep knowledge. In other words, I don't have a relationship with you. You do the church thing and you go through the motions, but I've never really talked to you. I've seen your face, but 
we've never even really had a conversation before. There's never been a real connection between us. You've never actually surrendered yourself to me. And, and, and I, I think about that and I go through that. And I'm like, man, am, am, I, am I just doing the church thing? And then it, it, this even applies not to somebody who's already in the church or who has been here for a while. This even applies to, to, to people who, if you're here tonight and you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus Christ, to think that, well, maybe I can go to heaven based off of the good things I've done in my life. Maybe I can just get in and God will just, you know, step aside and open the gate because I, I gave some money to charity when my job forced me to. You know, some jobs do that. My job did that. I gave anyways. I mean, they just, they would force us to. Not that I didn't want to. But, uh, you know, just, just the good things that I've done. I, I, was, I was a good kid. I was a good parent. I was a good boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever. Maybe based off of those merits, I can get in. And, and we have to understand that, that this isn't about what we do so much as it is who we are. Right? Because we could do a ton of things in church and never really have that deep connection with God. We could come and do all that and, and, and really have no relationship with him. We could play the role here and then leave and be somebody else completely. Right? We, we could come and do all this stuff and then go home and, and never set time apart to be with God and, and never have time in our homes where we have a devotional and a quiet time with God and never have a time where we're actually really disciples on our private time. And what he's saying here is that, that it, it, it just doesn't, it, it won't go well. The point isn't to just be here. The point isn't to just put a label on it and put a name on it and then not actually be it, right? And we have to understand that if you look at the Bible and you look at uh, Paul and what he writes in, in Romans and what he writes in, in a lot of his letters is that we actually, we live in, in depravity. We live separated from God. We're, we're, we, we live in depravity because of the effects of sin, right? And, and being good is, is not good enough. Being a good person, we say it all the time, being, you don't get into heaven by being good or good people don't get into heaven, forgiven people get into heaven. Right? It's not about the things that I do. It's not about how good I am or, or how much I give or, or how much time or money or whatever it is. It's about who I am with Jesus. It's about a relationship with him. And we say that all the time. It's kind of cliche. This isn't religion. It's relationship. But it's true. And every relationship, if you look at any relationship, it has its good and its bad. It has its ups and its downs. Pastor last week talked about seasons. Every relationship actually has seasons as well. I remember when, when my wife and I, when we first started dating, this is many years ago now, and um, it, it, was, it was still in the days, we're, we're pretty young, we're still young, but it was in the days when, when there was still dial-up internet and, and, uh, and pagers, and uh, it was really before the cell phone craze. I mean, this was back in the early 2000s. I know there were cell phones, but it was before that whole cell phone craze. And uh, I remember my, my brother, this, this is kind of weird. So my, my, my brother is married to my wife's sister. So two brothers married two sisters, okay? Everybody says, well, you're keeping it in the family. Everybody says that. So if, if you say that, I've, I've heard it already. Um, but I remember, I remember in the days when we first started dating and my brother would be on the phone with his girlfriend and then they'd hang up and I'd pick up the phone and call back to the exact same house to the same number and then she'd pick it up and I asked for her sister, you know, and then we'd be on the phone forever. And I just remember 
always being on the phone, like at all hours of the day. It didn't matter whether it was night or whatever it was. Like we'd, we'd always be on the phone, and it was kind of that lovey-dovey. We're getting to know each other, and, and we're always talking, and we wouldn't go a day without speaking to each other and, and all this stuff. And not that we, we don't love each other now, but it's, it, it, you know, it's just that, that first-time love. And then things kind of progress and they mature and, and then, you, you know, you see each other more and we ended up getting married and then we had children and all that. And now we see each other every single day and it's great. Praise God for that. But every, I mean, I love it. There's nobody I'd rather wake up to every morning and, and, and lay down with every night, right? It's, it's the most amazing thing. She's right back there, by the way. That's my wife. <laughs> Love you, baby. <laughs> and, um, and, and every relationship has its season. And every relationship goes through some tough times. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Um, before we came here, and, and we're, we're very open about this, my wife and I. Before we came here, we, we've been in ministry a long time, but before we came here, we... We had some, some, some big problems, and in fact, we were, we were pretty close to, to divorce even back then, and uh, just the, the, the pressures of life and ministry and so many things, and I remember coming here and, and uh, God really doing a work in us um, here at the Promise Center, and we, we had been in ministry, like I said before that, but, but there was just something special about being here, and uh, I, say that, I say that because I want to be honest with you, that every relationship has its good and its bad. And that includes our relationship with Jesus Christ. There are times when, when we don't want to pray. And there are times when, when we are angry with God or we're frustrated with God. And there are times when we want to step away. And there are times when all we want to do is talk about Jesus. And it's not, it's not a terrible thing to go through those seasons. Those seasons are necessary for us to be able to realize certain things that we need to realize. To be able to see that through our unfaithfulness and our ungratefulness, God is still faithful. That through all the things that we go through, God is still there with us. That whatever the situation and whatever the circumstance, that he will never leave us or forsake us. That he walks with us hand in hand, no matter where we are, no matter how much we try to run and push away from him. Because this is about relationship. This isn't about a church, although we love the church, we are the church. We must be the church at all times. But this isn't about just a church or, or, or an organization. This isn't about any of that. This is about your relationship with Jesus Christ that so far extends beyond the walls of this building. That this cannot be, your worship cannot just be here. Your praise cannot just happen here. Your singing cannot just happen up here. It has to happen on your own time. It has to happen in your own home, in your own way, in your own relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and I'm, one, I'm a person that, that so many times I get so comfortable in what I'm doing that literally I'm here all the time. And, and I'm like, man, sometimes like I'm at church so much that I don't want to be at church. Not because I don't love it, but because I'm here all the time. And then I get home and I'm like, man, pray or watch Netflix. Like, all the seasons of The Office are on there, and I just started watching it. It's so funny. And we have our times when, when, when it gets tough because we have to make this decision in our lives. And it's not just a one-time decision. This is a daily decision to follow Jesus Christ. 
it happens in this one glorious moment, but each day after that, you wake up having to decide, yeah, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. I'm going to have a relationship with him. I'm going to talk to him. You know, I, I've, I've had some pretty amazing experiences with God, and, and I, could, I could take all night talking about them. But something that just happened, and, and I know he's my friend, and he gave me permission to, to say this. But Brother David, who we, we're, we're good buddies, and, and, and he's a man of prayer, and God's been using him greatly. And, and, and there's just this thing about when you have a relationship with God, you hear the voice of God, right? You know what he's trying to tell you. And, and forgive me, bro, I'm going to say this, but I love you. He just went to uh, the Chowchilla prison over the weekend to minister. And it's, it's, a, it's not a, a nice place, obviously. There's people who are doing life in prison. And he was just telling me, we had breakfast this morning, he was just telling me that he was there and, and he was talking to a guy and he felt the Holy Spirit impress on him to tell this one guy, you're going home soon. And I don't know how you had the courage to tell him, <laughs> but, but he, he wrestled with it for a while. He was telling me, and then finally he started talking to the guy. He said, hey, how long are you, are, are you here for? How long are you in for? He says, 69 years to life in prison. Now tell somebody they're going home soon. And he says, you know what? I, I, I just, I got to tell you what I feel. And I don't know, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, you're going to go home soon. I feel something's telling me you're going to go home soon. And he said, the guy just stopped and kind of stared at him. And I'd be real scared at that point. <laughs> and he just stopped and kind of stared at him. He said, he said, you know, just a few days ago, they told me I had a, a surprise parole hearing coming up. He said, I have, I'm, I'm here 69 years to life, and they said, we're going to give you a parole hearing. And he said, in fact, you're not the only person to tell me this. Another missionary group just came through a little while ago, and a lady there said, you're going home soon. Two days later, they said, you're having your parole hearing. So we're believing in God because that was the voice of God. And there's just, there's just this thing about when you're close to him and you're in relationship to him, you know what his will is. You can hear his voice. In fact, in John, he says, he says, my sheep know my voice. They know when I'm talking to them. But you cannot have that if you're not talking to him. You cannot have that if you don't have relationship with him. My wife hates this. She hates this. You can ask her. But I can tell you what she's thinking without her ever saying anything. I can tell you what she's about to say before she even says it. There's times literally she'll be standing there and she'll laugh, and I'm like, oh, that's funny. Because I already know what she's, what she's thinking about. She's like, I hate it that you can do that. Right, but there's just this deep connection that you get the more time you spend with somebody, the more intimate you become with somebody, the more you know what their likes and their dislikes are. The more you know what their will and what their, what their will is and what their will is not, the more you get close to them and say, you know what, yeah, I can do certain things, but I don't want to do them out of respect and out of honor and out of love for that other person in my relationship. And this isn't relationship counseling. You can take it if you want. But there's just this thing about, you know what, it's, it's, not, it's not about the things that I do. I'm not validated. I'm not validated because I'm standing here talking to you with a microphone. This isn't going to get me any closer to God. It's my relationship with him. It's the personal time that I spend with him. And I can tell you encounters that I've had with God, 
where he has manifested himself and shown himself great and just some amazing things that he's done in my life. But, but, but what you need to know tonight is that it's, it's not about what you do or what you're doing. See, there's this misconception so many times. You know, there, there's a scripture. In fact, we'll put it up, Ephesians chapter 2. It says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not by works so that no one can boast. You're, you're not saved because of the good things you do. So then let me, let me reverse that. You're not condemned because of the bad things you do. Okay, because salvation and condemnation don't fall under the category of works. It's about your relationship with Jesus Christ. Did I say yes to him or did I reject him? That's where it falls. You don't get into heaven because you do good things. That is not what the Bible teaches us. For it is by grace through faith that you have been saved. This is not of yourselves. This is a gift from God that he has given you. This is grace. This is unmerited favor that he is giving you. That he loves you this much. That it is not dependent on how good you are or how well you perform. It is dependent upon what he did for you and who he is and what he did on that cross for you. Now we do, we do have responsibility. I will, yes, we, we need to say yes to Jesus Christ. But ultimately, it's not me who makes my way into heaven. If it were me who, who made my way into heaven, we, would, we wouldn't need a savior and what he did on the cross would be null and void. There would be no point to Jesus on the cross if, if I get into heaven by what I'm doing myself. Right? Don't let anybody tell you contrary because that's not Bible. It's everything that Jesus did for us on that cross, Calvary. And wherever you're at tonight, whether you haven't made that decision yet to follow Jesus or whether you've been a Christian for a long time, I would, I would implore you, I would challenge you to search your heart tonight and ask yourself, am I just going through the motions? Am I just doing the church thing? Am I just going from church to church trying to find something? Am I just going from Sunday to Sunday or from Wednesday to Wednesday to try to just survive? Or do I really have a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ? Am I just here or is he actually transforming my life? Am I a Christian or am I a, a disciple? Because this, this country, according to certain numbers and statistics, is 70% Christian. It's a vague term. But a disciple, that's something else. Something, some, that's someone who has made the decision on a daily basis to give it all to Jesus. That's somebody who says, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it my all today. There's, a, there's an old devotional. I don't remember who wrote it. It's, it's, a, it's a, kind of one of those old school ones. But I love, I love the title of it. It's, it's, it's called My Utmost for His Highest. There you go. Praise God. We got a theology person over here. 
my utmost for his highest. I'm going to give everything that I can give. You know, I've been, I've been talking to a lot of people lately, and for some reason this, uh, this topic has been coming up over and over in the last couple weeks. Just a lot of situations. Anybody been going through some stuff lately? Like, has anybody just been <laughs> seeing, like, just, just this wave of stuff coming in our lives? It's, it's the season. It's just the season. And, and we'll get through it, and God will bring us out victorious. In fact, he will make us victorious. We're already victorious in the season. We don't have to leave the season. We're already victorious in it. And just been seeing so many issues, and even in my own family, I mentioned it last week, and just in my own family, so many things going on, and, and, and some pretty serious issues, and, and just, just this whole issue of control. There's just, it's been coming up over and over and over, and so many people are trying to control the uncontrollable. And you're frustrated because so many things are happening that you feel you want to control or you need to control, but it is out of your grasp. And this isn't my message, but there's just some things happening tonight, and I just, I don't know who this is for, but there are some things happening right now in your life that you have been so angry and frustrated and you have cried about and wept about because, because you have wanted, there he goes again, there he goes again, I'm just going to, because you have wanted to see the right things happen in your life. And you have wanted to see the best even for others. And you're trying to control that situation when all that God has been saying is, I need you to give it to me. You cannot control it. I never designed it for you to control it. If you will let it go tonight, if you will give it to me, I will take care of it in the way that I see fit. Not the way that you want, but the way that is best. Whatever that situation is tonight, whoever that's for tonight, I just, I want to challenge you. Would you give it to God tonight? Stop trying to control this situation. You're going to run yourself into the ground frustrated because all you want to do is just, and you want the best. Your intentions are there. The good motives are there. But it's not for you to control. Whatever that is, whatever that is. But again, going back to it, there needs to be an evaluation in our lives tonight. Whoever you are, wherever you are. Again, if you've never made the decision to follow Jesus, if your decision happened 20 years ago, if you will search your heart tonight and look back and ask yourself, Am I just going through the motions? Is this just another church thing? Am I going to just find another situation in this church and then move along to the next one? Am I going to find another problem and then go back to what I was doing before I came here? Because when we get frustrated, we default to certain things. Right? Jesus got crucified. His disciples are like, oh man, we're done. And they go back to fishing. They went back to doing exactly what they were doing before Jesus found them. They went right back to the exact same place. And if you can go back, but in a different way, and say, you know what? Am I still on the same course from that same day when I made a decision to follow Jesus Christ? 
Is my mindset still the same? Is my mission still the same? Is my goal still the same? Or am I just another church person? And you can, you can test it, again, through your attitude, and you can test it through your devotions. Are you seeking God on your own time? Are you seeking Him in His Word? Are you seeking Him through prayer? Are you seeking Him through worship? And this is, this is a challenge to, to me, first and foremost, to go back and look at my life and say, you know what, maybe I need to realign some things to the will of God. So it's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's not about what I do. It's not about who I am. It's about Him. If He really is my Savior, if, it's, if I'm really saved by His grace, then I'm also maintained by that same grace that saved me. I can't think that once I become a Christian, now i got to do it all on my own. That's religion. That's not Bible. The same grace that found you is the same grace that will keep you. Let's stand to our feet. There's a, a scripture, and I didn't give it to them, but there's a scripture in, in Psalms. And I think it's, it's Psalms 123, or can't remember right now. But it says, it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know, know my anxious thoughts. It says, find if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Something that I, I pray often, God, search my heart. Because it's possible that my heart has strayed from you. My body might still be here, but maybe my heart is strayed from you. Know my thoughts. Just like Pastor said on Sunday, maybe sometimes your heart's here, but your head's here, and you're fighting it. Don't, God didn't save you. God didn't bring you to this place just for you to sit on a seat. He didn't bring you into this place just to be another person who attends church. He brought you here with purpose and with a plan. And he has something greater for your life than you just being another church member. He wants something more for you. He made you with great, great purpose. And it's not just about coming and going through the motions. It's not about coming to an altar and, and crying because you feel bad and then leaving the same. It's not about that. It's about making that decision that says, yes, I will follow Jesus. And I love that old hymn, I have decided. I love it. It's simple, but it's powerful. Because you have to make that decision every single day. Whether it's the first time you're doing it, or it's the 1,500th time you're doing it. To say, yes, Jesus, I will follow you. Maybe I haven't been doing it the way I should. Maybe I haven't been living up to the potential that you have for me. Maybe I've just been, been just doing the church thing. Maybe I've had a religious mindset thinking that I can do it on my own and that I need to do it on my own. Or the religious mindset that says I'll go to church on Sunday to be cleansed and then do whatever I want the rest of the week and then go back on Sunday again. Maybe I've had it all wrong. And you're calling me to something better. 
You're calling me to live life in abundance. You're calling me to actually be free. You're calling me to live victoriously in you. So if you're here tonight and you want to say yes to Jesus, I'd ask you to close your eyes. Every eye closed in this place. Again, whether it's your first time or you've been doing it for the last 20 years, if you want to say yes to Jesus tonight, just ask that you lift your hands. you'll pray with me. Father, we thank you tonight. God, help us tonight to not just go through the motions, to not just do the church thing, to not do what I've been doing for the last however long it's been, Lord, running from you and hiding from you, but putting on the facade and the mask Lord, help us not to be just another church member. Help us not be just another 70% of Christianity of this country, Lord. But to say yes to you tonight. And to be a disciple, Lord. To not just come and live from Sunday to Sunday or live from Wednesday to Wednesday, hoping that I will make it. And being on fumes Wednesday morning, just hoping, just hoping that God will help me up just one more time. But then on a daily basis, we would live victoriously. Then on a daily basis, we would live resting in you, Lord. Then on a daily basis, Lord, we would, we would live with our heads lifted high, not in pride, Lord, but knowing that it's you who upholds us, knowing that the same grace that found us in the mess, in the muck that we were in is the same grace that maintains us on a daily basis. That we are not religious, that this is not a religion, that we are not here to do this on our own. That we are not validated by our works, that we are not validated by the good things that we do. And therefore we are not condemned by the bad things, but it's all about saying yes to you, Lord. I don't want to stand before you one day and say, Lord, but I did all these things and you say, I don't know who you are. I want to know you on a deep, intimate level, Lord. I don't want to play the game. I don't want to play the role, Lord. I want more. I want what you have for me, God. I want to live up to my full potential and purpose in you, Lord Jesus. I want to be the disciple that you have called me to be, Lord. So today, right here, right now, I say yes to you, Jesus. In my heart, in my mind, in my soul, with all of my strength, Lord, I say yes to you tonight. Will you come into my life, God? Will you search my heart? Will you know my thoughts, Lord Jesus? Will you be Lord over my life?